Hey everybody, before this episode airs, I just wanted to let you know that the On This Day is not for the day that it airs. We had to air this episode a little bit later than scheduled, but I am still really interested in the On This Day that I chose for this episode, so I wanted to keep it in. Hopefully you enjoy. Thanks. You're seen to chat about parenting, life, and of course, Humphreys McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Jahimiak, successful entrepreneur, mom of three, wife, and total umfreak. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hi, thank you so much for joining me for the second episode of the Umfreak Parents Podcast. I am so grateful for all of the love and positive reviews that I've received for the first episode. I still can't believe this is something that I'm doing and having all of the love and support from you guys is just so amazing. I love that I get to sit here and chat about my two favorite topics, Umphreys McGee and parenting. So if you have not listened to the first episode, please make sure that you check that out. We had an awesome interview with Jim Leap, who works with Jake at his Boondock studio, and an amazing first set of music from May 1st, 2009, so make sure you check that out. All right, so in this episode, we're going to throw it way back to 2004 for our On This Day, catch up on any new Umphreys news. I'll play the really great interview I had with Jimmy Rogers, AKA Nachos for All, for any of you that are on Twitter. And then we will play the first set of our On This Day, May 15th, 2004. So let's jump in. All right, most recently, Brendan Bayless played with Jeff Austin in their 30DB outfit. The first show was in Milwaukee on May 9th, and then they played in Chicago on May 11th. Both evenings were filled with all sorts of humorous banter between the two of them and the crowd and all sorts of ongoing jokes, including a story from Austin about the time that Bayless apparently threw up in his basement bathroom. Um, Just the energy watching them play together when they're looking at each other and playing and the jokes and everything. It's so much fun to see them play. I saw them in 2010 at summer camp and would love to see them again. Austin did make mention that they will be on the East Coast later this year. He mentioned Boston and New York, but that was about it. So hopefully there will be some place close to me where I can catch them. Um, Both nights, filled with all sorts of covers and you know different songs they both did feature the umphreys original cut the cable and the chicago show notably featured some new tunes by the band a cover of an insane clown posse song and the night they drove old dixie down by the band i will tell you i did find video and watched it and total goosebumps listening to the crowd sing along with Bayless and Austin during that song. Um, I was not able to find a set list for either one of these shows. 
um, before recording this podcast episode, so I'm unsure of the actual set list of either of those. Um, So if you are able to find it, please post it in the group. The full band will be back on the road full force beginning May 17th, which is two days after this airs in Baldwinsville, New York, which I am so excited to say is my first show of the year. So I'm so excited. I'm taking my three-year-old and my husband is going. So this is his third show since he's been born and he always has a lot of fun. So I'm very excited to take him. Um, Freak Parents will be having a small meetup at that show, so if you are interested, all the info can be posted in the group. And if you are not in the group and you are interested in the meetup, you can email the show, which is in the show notes, and find out some more information that way as well. And then the tour continues with stops in Rhode Island on the 18th and New Hampshire on the 19th. And then, of course, Summer Camp Music Festival Memorial Day weekend, where um, Freak Parents will have a much larger meetup, probably on Saturday. Um, All of the final details will be posted in the group as I decide kind of what we are doing and what's going on that weekend. Um, And then after Summer Camp, they will be playing in Stay Six current hometown of Charleston, South Carolina on May 31st, which later on that evening will be the late night featuring Stasic's new side project, Doom Flamingo, Mountain Jam Music Festival June 1st and 2nd, and also recently announced three upcoming Omega Moo shows, two in June 21st and 22nd at the Park West in Chicago, and the just announced Resonance, I believe that's the right way to say that, festival in Legend Valley, Ohio, September 20th through 22nd, which if you don't know, that features Ryan Stasek and Brendan Bayless with Jamie Shields of The New Deal, and they have a new drummer, Nick Blasky, so it'll be exciting to see that new version of them. And also that weekend, Brain Damaged Eggman will be making an appearance at that festival as well. So I'm excited to check out that first, that festival for the first time I've never been there. So that's awesome. Um, And also just announced uh, recently, also Lockin Festival, August 23rd through 26th. Drummer Jason Bonham, son of Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham, will be playing one of their three sets with them. Um, That's going to be super awesome. Jason has played with David Gilmore, Jeff Beck, uh, Foreigner. So that's going to be super cool for everybody involved, I'm sure. Unfortunately, I will not be able to attend that festival, but I cannot wait to see what they play. And of course, we will chat all about it after it happens. This episode's on this day in um history which is if you're listening, um, is airing May 15th. They played at the Barrington High School senior prom after the senior prom in Barrington, Illinois. There's not a lot known about this show. Uh, the set list can't be found on All Things Umphreys. There is no recording of it on Nugs. Anybody that I've asked around to has no details, really, or any idea of this show even happening. All I've been able to find out was that it was supposedly played on a stage between two basketball hoops and somebody's mom paid the money to have them there. So if you know some more details about the show, you were there, or you just happen to know some other details, please feel free to reach out to the show and let us know.
The two set show opens with In the Kitchen, then continues on with Slacker, where it's funny to hear Bayless change the lyrics to obviously speak to the younger crowd. A cover of Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, The Fuzz, followed by Uncle Wally, and a cover of Down Under by Men at Work, which was last covered January 26, 2017, in New Haven, Connecticut. The first set rounds out with Kabump and the always crowd favorite All in Time. The second set is great as well, opening with a front porch sandwich with resolution in the middle, Uncommon, the triple wide, a cover of Every Breath You Take by The Police, Bright Lights, Big City, Trench Town Rock by The Wailers, and Nemo finish off the second set. The whole show closes with one of my favorite covers, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window by The Beatles. Make sure that you stay tuned at the end of the show to listen to the first set, especially because you can't really find it anywhere unless you know someone who has a recording. Also, if you are in the group, I'll be posting an On This Day graphic where you can post your thoughts about the show after you give it a listen. I absolutely love diving into older Umphreys from the early 2000s. It is so great to listen to how much they've changed and grown individually and as a group. If there is something you would like to hear or maybe have talked about on this podcast, feel free to post on the Facebook group, send me a message on Facebook, or I'm also on Twitter as at umfreakparents. You can also email the show at umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you are not a member and would like to be a part of our amazing community, we are umfreakparents on Facebook. And if there's a call for an open Facebook community for this podcast, please let me know and I would love to make that happen. If you love this podcast, please leave a review. We'll be back in June with another episode recapping Summer Camp Music Festival and all the other shows happening after this airs. So thank you so much for listening to this, and I hope you'll join us again. Here's my interview with Jimmy Rogers, followed by the first set from this episode's On This Day, 5-15-2004. Much obliged. So I am here with Jimmy Rogers, a.k.a. Nachos for All on Twitter. And I'm just going to have you introduce yourself. Uh, how much more do you want by, via introduction? I'm Jimmy Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, married, kids, location, career. There you go. All right. Um, I'm born and raised in South Bend, Indiana. Um, and now I live west suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I've got a lovely wife and I've got two boys. Um, and I practice employment law in my day job. I did a few other, uh, I dabbled in other, uh, I guess, careers before that. Uh, I was, uh, I was doing journalism for a little bit. I was doing, uh, sports, uh, athletic, uh, university athletics, uh, Notre Dame for three years. Mm-hmm. I went to undergrad at, at Notre Dame and played tennis there. Um, nice. Very sporty person. Gosh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> very sporty. Sporty. Uh, so, um, Bayless's dad is, or yeah, his dad was the tennis coach? He was, yes. Nice. Nice. He's an institution in just tennis, American tennis circles. He's a, uh, he's like a Mount Rushmore figure. Nice. And, uh, yeah, he was just 
one of the most knowledgeable tennis minds I've ever been around. Yeah, he was awesome. That's cool. Very cool. Um, so you mentioned you have two boys. Um, and how old are they? Uh, well, my oldest just turned six last week. And we had a, it was a birthday week full on, not just one day. Uh, and my uh, younger, uh, Jack, is in heaven. Um, he would have turned three. Oh, my. He was 19 months old. He didn't wake up from a nap. And uh, Oh, my goodness. Missed him a lot. Oh, that's awful. That's so terrible. I'm so sorry. Now, you had mentioned um, about that and your experiences with shows and the loss of your child. Can you talk some more about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I've told friends, but I've uh, never really, uh, I guess, said the story to a uh, a stranger uh, but so um i this was in november of 2016 um right a week before thanksgiving when he didn't wake up um and you know there's no known cause and we're at peace with that but it you know it's altered our life and mm -hmm. uh we are trying to make that for the best um and but so anyway so before that day um i had tickets for the uh umphrey's new year's coming home to chicago um was excited for that and looking forward to that and november 16th happened and uh you know didn't think about anything else for uh a while and then, you know, the week of New Year's kind of uh, appeared and uh, I realized I had tickets and I hadn't, I had gone back to work uh, a little bit and, and uh, kind of thought, hmm, this might be uh, just a good, good thing to, to go to and get some, you know, music for the soul. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and and get out and and uh, my wife's uncle is a, uh, a longtime deadhead and so I asked Uncle Chuck if he would want to join me. Uh, he had seen Humphreys once at a uh, Naperville Rib Fest for mm -hmm. a, you know a festival set and I was mm -hmm. like Chuck, you haven't seen the band yet. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I guess I need to back up a month. Um, walking out of the church uh, for his funeral, uh -huh. Jack's funeral, uh, my sister-in-law was gonna drive us to the cemetery and we got in the car it was just kind of a weird waiting period for all the cars to line up. And I just told her, put some music on, get something just so this awkward silence isn't hanging over us. And she rifled through our, uh, the CD uh, bin and just threw the first disc she could find in. And it happened to be um, 
uh, uh, 99, 99, 98, the first Pittsburgh show, I believe. And it opens with Kimball. Nice. And it immediately just, it fit the mood. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the, uh, you know, the kind of, it drops down and then crescendos up. And it was powerful beyond words. I just have goosebumps. I just want to say that you telling this story. I just like I just have goosebumps. I'm just like thinking about this. It's, that's amazing. Oh, and yeah. So it just uh, and this is pre Jake. So this is Miro crushing the drums and Brendan just doing the solo by himself. And it was. Uh, it, it's still, I can't not hear that particular version and, and I have to just stop what I'm doing and, and it, it, it just kind of gets me to the core. Um, and so, you know, I had no intention of sharing the fact that my son died unexpectedly and, uh, on any kind of social media. I'm not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I only have Twitter and I don't really tweet much in my personal account. And but the fact that it was an entry song that you know uh, I, I wouldn't call it coincidental because it was that moment that song was right, and uh, so I, I decided to share that, and uh, and I got a just an un, unbelievable you know outpouring of of support from people, um, which meant a great deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I have come to meet a lot of these people now, um, but at that time, I, I don't know if I'd met anybody. Um, and it, it was, uh, you know, one of many things that helped lift me up. Um, and so now fast forward a month and uh, I had, uh, I had, so the week before the show or so, I had traded emails with Joel mm-hmm. about I've, I've got a cousin who is also named Jack um, he's Big Jack uh, mm-hmm. who, who babysits my boys mm-hmm. and, uh, and he is going to school on a music uh, scholarship uh, he plays piano and he's got a YouTube page Jack Armbrist Music um, and, uh, and, and I you know I've been talking to him and I decided to ask Joel, like, what kind of advice do you have for, you know, a high school aged, you know, aspiring musician? And, and Joel was, uh, went above and beyond and sent a really, really uh, thoughtful email response. Mm-hmm. And I passed that on to Jack and, and, you know, that was just a thrill and, and you know, meant a lot to him to get that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I thanked Joel. I was like, you know, that that's, that was awful. That meant a lot to him. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to take a lot of your suggestion to heart. I said, you know, I'm, I'm coming this week. Uh, um, I can't wait uh, to be in the room with you guys. And if you want to make a grown man cry, you know, uh, Kimball will do that for me these days. I didn't give any more context to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, I, I've never requested a song, and I guess I didn't read that as a as an actual request, more just a, you know, uh, casual aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So, you know, first set, Uncle Chuck standing next to me. We're standing in front of Waffle, and uh, you know, the end of the Nothing Too Fancy composed section, and they launched right into Kimball. And mm-hmm. I've never, I've never felt anything like that. Yeah. And there was like a huge light in the room. I my body shook the entire time, uncontrollably. I was bawling. Um, you know, people around me were like, "Hey, man, you okay? I'm like, I'm great. I'm great." Uh, and I just embrace that moment and uh i like it's it's impossible to encapture everything that mm-hmm. that felt mm-hmm. like and, and meant but it was a uh, just a really human thing mm-hmm. just to uh lift somebody up like that and uh you know, I, I thanked him, thanked Joel, and I don't know if the other guys in the band do. Um, but I ran into people at set break who uh, connected those dots because they remembered that the uh, they remembered the Kimball uh, that I had shared, and that was uh, it was a. Uh, really an unreal moment um so i definitely felt jack uh that night and i've felt him uh at every concert since um Mm -hmm. you know humphreys and and not humphreys um which is a pretty amazing thing that music does um Mm -hmm. just that kind of different next level uh of connection that mm-hmm. it, it has it has that power uh, mm-hmm. and it's not like you're on that level every the whole time but uh when it finds those moments man that's that's uh it's it's overwhelming and it's it's beautiful and and, and uh, incredible yeah mm-hmm. and that for uh, me that was my big thing of why i wanted to you know, start the group that I did and and have this podcast was because I wanted to surround myself with with groups of people and fans that had those experiences and felt that same way about about the music that it wasn't just you know some place to go and have drinks and whatever. I mean, yeah, it's still fun to go and have a good time, but to have that level, you know, of the music and and everything is is really cool too. Yeah, I mean, to be sure, you're not doing it wrong if you're uh, there for a good time because it is entertainment and man, it is a good time. Mm-hmm. But but for 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 people that are looking for that, um, uh, that's there. And and certainly the more kind of like-minded people around you, uh, you know, it it. Uh, it just creates it, it's it's a, it's its own organic uh, you know energy wavelength that you're 
you're vibing with the band and with the people around you and, 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 you know, yeah, the community does, uh, bring that out. And, and it's, uh, you know, Humphreys isn't unique for that, but, uh, it is awesome that that community, that aspect of the community is growing. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So have you taken your boy to any shows? Um, I have brought Luke to two shows. Uh, I love that his name is Luke. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Um, thankfully, he was he was born a day before May the 4th, which uh, would have <laughs> opened him up to a lifetime of uh, uh, comparisons that were unintended. Uh, yeah, so Luke has been to uh, Ravinia. Uh, nice. So they've played two shows at Ravinia. Which yeah, my youngest was at Ravinia. One of the coolest. Ah, that's one of the coolest venues in America. It is. It really is. We went in 2015 with my youngest, Brendan. It was awesome. So which, was that the uh, mass choir or was that the strings? That was the mass choir. Okay, okay. Uh, I did. I opted not to bring children to that one. I brought uh, some new umpries, uh, some some newbies to that one, and nice. uh, that was that was the wet night. <laughs> um, I, I I felt a little bad because I ditched half of our crew, most of whom this was their first show. I had tickets right up front and I just I wasn't not going to stand in front of the mass choir <laughs> yeah yeah um, so thankfully the show I brought uh, gosh he would have been two at the time then two and a half that was uh, it was great it's, it's, a, it's a great venue but man when they're cracking down on you know you can't throw a nerf ball around on the property Get out of here with that, you know? Mm-hmm. You've taken yourself all too seriously, but that's about the only uh, bad thing I can say about Ravinia. Yeah. The place is really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and what's the, uh, the other show was last summer, um, the Peoria show, um, okay. which I kind of was an awesome surprisingly awesome just set up for a venue right right on the river and um you know it wasn't too crowded and there's a kind of a, a grassy space to uh i don't know if that's stage right joel side to the right mm-hmm. um where there were a lot of other children and uh also like these i think they were local i don't know um but they had a bunch of glow sticks and just toys that he was all about, and they were they were friendly, and it was just an ideal uh, setup. So, nice. um, got lucky, I think. And then that was a a long late night drive, three hours home, but it was mm-hmm. totally worth it. Oh yeah, of course. Awesome. Um, let me see. I like, lost my train of thought now. Thanks, guys. No. <laughs> and may, while I'm still on that show, yeah. Um, he is training to be a ninja. He's not going to like that I'm sharing that. Um, but part of ninja is, you know, 
stealth and, and uh, he will adapt. Uh, <laughs> but they played all things ninja. And when they started, I said, dude, do you know what this song is called? He goes, no. I said, it's all things ninja. And he thought that was the coolest thing. And he just started doing ninja moves for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> that is so amazing. That is so amazing. And, and the fact that he got to hear a ninja, too. I mean, come on, that kid is super lucky. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has no idea. That's very cool. He has a, a very faint idea. Yeah, because I'll watch, like, I'll turn it on, and, and he knows the guys in the band now. But, yeah, I also think he doesn't fully appreciate, yeah, what, what he is getting to do at a young age. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the same with my kids. Although my oldest is fourteen, and he thinks that it's he just rolls his eyes at me, but that's okay. But my my other two are just like, oh, we're you're doing that again? Oh, okay. <laughs> they, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. If go they ahead. Had the choice to go or not go. What's their choice? My oldest would say no. He would stay home. Although he he has, um, when he was younger, um, I took him to mow down three three years. I'm gonna say three years in a row. And then so he saw Umfreeze at mow down in 2009. Um, and then. When I did a bunch of Umphrey shows when I was pregnant with my daughter in 2010, he went a bunch with me, too. So, I mean, he's got a lot of Umphreys under his belt, whether or not he wants to admit that. But, you know, he's he's 14, so cool. he's too cool for He'll admit it someday. Yes, someday. Someday he will. Um, my daughter wants to go whenever we go, but most of the time... We, my husband and I go, just the two of us, you know, very rarely do we take any of the kids with us because it's just, it's our thing. And we, and we like to just go and have, have our time and, and enjoy ourselves. So, sure. so. It, well, it, and it does have to be the right setup and venue because you can't, I wouldn't want to force it if it's not, if it's a really crowded venue or if it's just, mm-hmm. you know, not a kid friendly place. That's just, you're asking for yourself not to enjoy yourself too much so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's why like for us the show on the 17th it's it's all out you know it's all outdoors it's just a big open field basically in a stage like it's it's on like this island thing almost it's called paper mill island so it's I mean it's it's a really cool area and it's just it's out in the open so it's perfect for a three-year-old to run around with glow sticks the whole night you know, but then, of course, when we see them at an indoor venue, <laughs> not the best place for a three-year-old. <laughs> so. No, no. I think it's also fun just walking around the grounds uh, and just, you know, saying hi to all the friendly people. And, and you know, everybody there is having a good time. And, and it's just, it's, it's an eye-opening experience for, like, I can't imagine being that age and seeing through their eyes what that's like. Mm-hmm. So I know what that was like the first few times I, you know, experienced a fish show when I was, you know, 16, 17. And man, that, that was, it blew my mind. So to be, you know, single digits and seeing that, it's just got to be, I, I imagine it's a really 
interesting, fun experience. At least I hope it is. I think I think almost, especially you know when they're younger, like our kids. You know, your boy is six, my daughter is seven. I think that especially in in being those environments where, and my friend and I have talked about this before, just in in the jam scene as a whole, where people mostly are you know really kind and compassionate and you don't see that kind of camaraderie in other genres of music the same way that you really do see in the jam community and i think or necessarily even like you know tailgating for a you know a sporting event yeah yeah or kind of doing their thing and kind of uh you know having fun but wrapped up in their thing and mm-hmm. I think people in the jam scene are not wrapped up in their own thing they're there and uh really you know open-minded and and uh just interested in what's going on with everybody there mm-hmm. it's a, it's a that's mm-hmm. always a dynamic that I appreciate. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I'm okay with taking my kids to things like that because people are like that. And I think that that's just, it's a better representation of what people are in this world than when you take them out day to day, I think. You know, it's, you know, people are more apt to help you or, you know, and you're, you don't have something and your neighbor at a festival has it, you know, they're willing to share or give or, sure. you know, whatever. And day to day life, you don't see that kids don't see those kind of things. So I think, you know, of course, in the right atmosphere and responsible it's, parenting, that's, they're not exposed to just, you know, genuine kindness on a more, uh, more mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. I know. And, and it's interesting because we, you know, we're, we're really compassionate, caring parents and stuff. And I, you know, even then I'll still do something for like my daughter or whatever. And she'll just like, look at me and I'm like, what, like, why is it so unusual to you? <laughs> like somebody just wants to do something kind for you. Like, it's kind of sad that they don't, they don't, they don't see that more often, but apparently we need to change the way we act so that they can see that more. Starts with us doing it, and it, it, it spreads. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I guess that kind of leads to my next question. So what is the biggest change for you going to shows, being a fan, all of that since being a parent? Well... I feel like there's a uh, a pre-November 2016 and a post-November 2016 answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I guess becoming a parent, you're just aware of everything more. Just, you know, you have a more diffuse awareness of um, your surroundings and and people Um, your antenna are always up as opposed to in your early 20s when you're going out for a fun time Um, so I guess that's one way it changes your you know I'm I'm 
a couple years away from 40. So I'm going mm-hmm. to shows now. And I guess I sometimes might look at some of the young, you know, they look like they're teenagers or college kids to me. And, you know, if somebody is in need of help or something, I'm thinking, how can I help them instead of, I don't know, laughing or mm-hmm. uh, partying too much. Like this, maybe this person needs a little help or they're lost or I don't know, something. I guess that's a parent mentality that's uh, taken root. Um, and then in terms of my, I think in terms of how I access the music now, mm-hmm. I am just coming in with a, a mindset of, you know, I, I'm open to where the music goes and, and I, I am, uh, I guess it's hard to say you're seeking that different, that next level. Cause mm-hmm. you don't really find it when you're looking for it, but, uh, being open to it, uh, I guess I'm 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 at the show more for that and less for uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess that's with maturity and and uh, I don't get to see as many shows now, so mm-hmm. I want to appreciate each one and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd, I've never been one to get upset about, you know, I can't believe they didn't play, you know, X, Y, or Z song, or, oh, man, I wish they, like, I don't try to go into shows with expectations, because that, that's, I don't see that helping your experience, because, for one, it's, it's never going to happen that way, and two... I've never like walked out upset or let down. Like, so I don't need to have mm-hmm. expectations going in. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that answer rambled, but <laughs> there was something there. No, it was great. It was great. I, you know what though? I feel the same way. I like was for you. So yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I feel <laughs> I, I've never been asked these questions. <laughs> um, but I agree with you. I think it's the same way as where, you know, when I'm there, and, you know, especially like in a festival setting or something and you see younger people, you know, maybe not handling their night as well or, you know, whatever. Like, I totally go into mom mode. <laughs> like, do you need some water? You know, where are your friends? You know, because not only I don't even want to say that it's mom mode. It's just it's back to just being a decent human being and seeing somebody that is obviously in distress or in need of help and just wanting to help them and make sure that they're having, you know, the same experience, you know, as, as good of an experience as I am, you know, that they're still enjoying themselves. And I think too, you know, obviously like going into it, you're going to approach the night much differently too, because you have to go home and get up in the morning with little humans that don't care that you were out, you know? So that definitely, you know, puts a different spin on the evening too. Whereas when you were younger, you're just like, fuck it. 
we're doing this so that you know it doesn't matter because you don't have any responsibilities going out after the show yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're yeah. still going out later for the after party and the after after party it's like no so yeah I mean for me I think that's is that the thing is not that the music isn't important but that there's just so much more to life now you know and I and and again that's that was my focus for wanting to start the group was to be around people that still had mortgages and kids and shitty life things and all this other stuff but still really really love this band and, and loves to go and escape for a few hours in the music and have a good time and because I just felt like I wasn't meeting that right group of people at shows, so I would create it on the internet, and here we are. So. Very so. cool. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I'm, I'm a, uh, a creature of my uh, comfort. I don't think that's the same, but um, you know, most of the shows I get to see are <laughs> are in Chicago, so I have a built-in group of folks that I you know, usually run into or are going to shows. My favorite city, by the way. My favorite city. Love that city. <laughs> it is a good one. Um, but creating a community like you are, you're going to be able to go to any city and, you know, maybe you'll get uh, a place to stay and crash. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to have different folks uh, that you are now enjoying the show with so it, you uh, yeah you're you are providing a service <laughs> this is it's, it's just it's all of this is still really kind of like very mind-blowing to me almost that that this is just all coming together and this group of people that's come together by this and all the people that i've already met and this is only like the second episode and it's just that's just amazing. And again, we're back to the community. I mean, I just, I really can't say enough about, about the community. And, and when I talk to people, they're like, how can you go see this band as many times as you have? You know, I, I get that question a lot. And I'm like, first of all, it's not the same every single time. <laughs> Let's just start there. I'm like, second, it's the people though, too, the, the environment and, and the community. So. Well, and, and to that point, you know, it really comes from the top down because the guys, well, the, the band and the, the crew and uh, everybody involved with them are all just solid, good people. And, you know, I guess a community could form around a group of assholes, but yeah. it's a lot easier for a, a good community to form around a group of good people so yeah uh you know it, it it goes without saying they've created something out of their own uh kindness and and uh uh just general good naturedness that have uh you know it reflects back on them people that they want to be around keep coming around mm -hmm. um, yeah so what was your first exposure to umphreys uh, it was a long time ago, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> many, many um, moons ago. 
Well, to Umphreys, I, uh, I was in high school when they started, and I bought, uh, you know, Greatest Hits Volume 3 in my uh, high school in senior hall um, from Brendan's girlfriend at the time, whose well, younger sister was in my class. Um, and uh, Brendan went to my high school. He was, uh, we did not overlap. So he had just started at Notre Dame when I started at St. Joe. Um, but I was fortunate to see Tashi Station a couple times. Nice. Um, and then uh, I think my first, because they played it all, you know, bars and Notre Dame house parties the first few months, I was, didn't even consider, I probably could have gotten into Bridget's, but it, it didn't even cross my mind to go to a bar until I was actually in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I saw them in April. I think they played a, a, a St. Pat's Park show on 420, um, which was a good time. Uh, yeah. I think we left school and just went over to the park. And um, so a lot of those, uh, we heard a few of the Tashi Station songs already, and, and they were still playing a lot of uh, covers. And uh, yeah, they were, they were raw, but it was easy to like. Um, yeah. I had been listening for several years by then, and, and they were, you know, they would begrudgingly admit that they were influenced by fish. Um, and there was that looseness and, um, you know, that there was an easy parallel there um, with fish and grateful dead. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, it didn't take much to know I, I was going to be seeing them as much as I could. So what is your show count now? Uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't, like I, I didn't really start counting then because it was just in town and it was like, just, I don't know, a, a thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would, they would just, sometimes it seemed like they would pop up at parties and just be playing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that was really cool. Uh, Oh, they're in that room. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I, like started counting in earnest in like Oh two or Oh three. Okay. Graduated. Okay. Mm Okay. So what's your count from O2? <laughs> uh, I've never, I guess I've never actually counted that. Um, I don't know, in the 80s or something? Nice. So I think we're somewhere in the hundreds for total okay. times I've seen them. Yeah. That's really cool. And That's I, really cool. I, I kind of kicked myself looking back that I didn't see them more in while I was in 
college mm-hmm. um, because they would, they would, I saw, I saw them a good deal, but I didn't go to every single opportunity or, you know, go to Chicago to see them. Cause I was like, well, they're going to play in South Bend mm-hmm. you know, next month. So why, why should I, you know, travel around to see them? Um, you know, that's kind of bluish thinking, uh, in hindsight, but, um, <laughs> I also didn't have the luxury of just, you know, going off on tour because I was on the tennis team. So I, uh, I had, uh, a bit of a schedule that I needed to keep. Not that, uh, coach Bayless knew where his son was going to be any, any given week, but, uh, yeah, I couldn't, uh, I had a, a few strings, uh, keeping me in South Bend more, more often. So what is the furthest that you have traveled to see an Humphrey show? I have gone over the pond. I went to the first uh, nice. jam in the dam, the Amster jam. Nice. Um, in, oh, was that 05? Yeah. Um, that was, that was an amazing experience. I bet. Um, yeah. With a couple, uh, couple high school buddies ran into more high school friends there. And I think it was night one when Brennan, you know, said who hears from South Bend. And, you know, there's like 20 voices that shouted out. And I was like, wow, that's wild. That's very cool. That's very cool. I would love to see them in Europe. That's, that's definitely on my bucket list is to see them in Europe. I've never seen them anywhere but the States. So. Someday. Someday. They just need to, to do that again. You'd think with Joel's travel itinerary, it would have uh, it w- would not be hard to schedule that. But I guess he likes to do his traveling in Europe and not playing in Europe. Not playing in Europe. I think they will again, though. I've seen more and more people kind of trying to discuss it on, on groups and everything. So... That would be cool. We're we're planning. Yeah, yeah. We're planning a family trip to London next year. So if they just want to kind of make oh. that coincide, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> there you go. You hear that, guys? Yeah. Hello, guys. Yes. Which which month? <laughs> we're not sure yet, but as soon as I know, I will let them know so they could kind of you know bring it all together. There you go. I greatly appreciate that. Go. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um. So when is your next show? Oof. Uh, I, I get to see Sam Bush this weekend. I'm super excited for, for that. That's nice. my wife's favorite uh, musician who's this awesome bluegrass, jamgrass. Uh, yes. Awesome. Hi, hi, hi. Um, yes. Next, Humphreys. Uh, sure. I'm going to try and see Brendan and Joel in uh, Chicago. Uh, I guess that's like a month away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I don't think there's enough summer dates announced. I don't know how far I'll be able to travel to see them this summer. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to summer no, camp? I, I am not. We have, uh, my wife's college group, um, gets together every Memorial weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, and every like every other year, all the uh, the husbands and 
kids like every third year get to go. So this is a all hands on deck party. So it will be a kind of summer camp, but not the festival. This still sounds, sounds like a fun time. That's very cool. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be a blast. Gatlinburg, Tennessee, look out. (laughs) Sounds like it's a tiny little town. I've been there before, actually, for a bachelor party. It is tucked away in the Smoky Mountains. Um, It's there's like Dolly Parton has a big uh, uh, museum there. And it's uh, there's a lot to do. That's cool. Have you been? Have you been to the Dolly Parton Museum? I, I have not yet. No. no? You should go. I mean, I'm not a Dolly Parton fan, but I'm sure it would still be interesting. I would, if there was a Bonnie Raitt Museum, I'd prefer Bonnie to Dolly. <laughs> yes, I, w- I would prefer Bonnie Raitt to, to Dolly Parton, too. 100%. I mean, she really plays the guitar. Like, really. She's really good. I need to, to start listening to some more Bonnie right now, actually. Yeah, that's on my to-do list. <laughs> I, I just got a couple of her discs from the library, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her stuff's really good. Uh, let's... Oh. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I like about it too, about her stuff too is that it's 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 really soulful and you know, music that I used to make fun of my parents for listening to and then when I got older and got better musical taste, I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute. This is actually really good." Mm-hmm. You know, when you're young, again, back to, you know, my kids shitting on my music taste, but when they get older, they'll appreciate it. <laughs> well, that's, so if I may, I'm going to brag here, Sarah. Okay. Um, I, uh, my every year for the last, I think it's, this is the fourth year, uh, for our oldest birthday, uh, we make a birthday mix and, uh, this is my way of exposing him to, you know, uh, a variety and wide, uh, range of music. And so over the entire year, we kind of collect, um, uh, I keep track of music that he hears and songs that he hears that he likes and so a lot of them will come from you know different animated movies that he sees like sing and uh you know the lego ninjago movie and you know other uh you know songs that he just comes across or songs that i'm playing around the house and so when he says you know put it on the mix we have like a running tab of songs by the time May rolls around, and I pare them down and, and make craft a, uh, a a good birthday mix that we hand out as party favors. So that's uh, really cool. A nice little catalog of, of uh, you know what he was into uh, each year, and um, you know I, I just I love that he knows Otis Redding and uh, just. You know, I feel like I'm doing something right as a parent for exposing him to, you know, Motown and, um, you know, diversifying his music uh, portfolio to mm-hmm. study. Yeah. I think that's really important. My husband, um, 
is a big record collector and um whenever he brings home new vinyl and stuff my youngest gets so excited and wants to go down into the den and have dance party is what he calls it so then he puts the music on and then he'll always ask daddy what is this called and then he'll you know explain the artist and the songs and and the other day he was singing genesis songs like i just think that's so awesome to to have that like my a lot of my musical taste you know came from my dad and you know he would play all his records and everything and I didn't like it at first you know as I said before but you know growing up now I have those memories of like hearing I'll hear these songs and I'll be like oh I remember you know doing this with my dad and listening to this song and doing this and so to have those memories you know associated with the music it's great that you know they're gonna have that too and it is it's absolutely good parenting to to teach them you know because they need to know the only the only way any of like especially older music you know any of the older blues or stuff like that it's it's not going to stay alive unless we keep playing it for them to hear you know it's 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 you know so and to to teach them that music didn't always come from a computer there's legitimate people with talent and skill that can play instruments and write music and you know not just push a button on a laptop (laughs) there are real real things that happen there so if you had to pick a favorite Umphrey show whether you were there or just one that you've listened to what is your favorite show oh man I should have guessed that you would ask me something like this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's just. You know, I have been what? sitting on these I questions. Be, <laughs> I. What is your favorite, Sarah? Well, I think. Do you have one? You know, I was not ready for you to counter questions at me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to come at him with these questions. He's so smart with his tweets. I'm going to come at him with questions. Currently, my favorite show is not an Umphrey show. And I will say this again for the second episode. It is the Alibaba's Tahini show from September of 2017. Currently, that is my favorite show that I'm listening to. I'd like to hear that. I, oh, I it's so good. For that and it, it just didn't work. Yeah, <sighs> oh, that's so cool. It's, it's so good. It's My favorite part of the show is... Uh, the They Love Each Other cover. Jake oh. is just so, just so amazing. Vocally, on the guitar, it's just amazing. There's videos of the entire concert on YouTube, too. I was watching them last night. All right. All and it's just, the whole show is just amazing. And apparently the keys player, um, Jim was talking about it last time, last episode, because uh, he does the sound at Vegetable Buddies. And he said that the keys player that was actually like the first time that they he'd ever played with them he just like rehearsed and then played with them that night and he's amazing too like wow. them all playing together it's just all all around it's just a really really great show so definitely you uh, should definitely check that out. out yeah for sure it's definitely on nugs for sure so um i mean can i can i just give you my favorites 
yeah. musical moment. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I've heard Humphrey's musical moment, yeah. and I, I had to uh, finally write my thoughts down about it because I it just I can't sh- I I couldn't shake it uh, over the years. I I, I find uh, uh, put it down on on the I guess it's not paper because it's digital, but uh, it's. Uh, 2008, uh, June 5th, 2008, this Grand Rapids show. Uh, it's like the second and third songs of the entire night. Uh, intentions clear, segues into syncopated strangers. And it's, I'm sure anybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about. So I, mm-hmm. I, I would, I'd, if somebody hasn't heard that, you're welcome. Uh, it's, it's just magical it's so great and it's it's like 40 minutes long and uh and, uh, that would be my i wasn't there but uh i get lost in that whenever i uh cue it up so i have not listened uh, to that what is when is that from oh man uh june 5th 2008 2008 Okay, and then I will put that in the show notes too, so anybody that doesn't uh, doesn't know about that, definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to that tomorrow now. I, uh, on on my Twitter, I guess home screen. I don't know what you call the homepage of your Twitter. Yeah. Um, I have a link to a uh, a blog that I started. Okay. Uh, which is currently a a one entry blog because it's just me writing about that. Uh, those two songs um, and it is very long and very uh, uh, I, I got carried away with a, uh, a metaphor but uh, it's it, it is there to listen to in a broken up format uh, or you can listen at your leisure on nugs nice um, but yes highly recommend all right I am that's what I'm listening to tomorrow thank you <laughs> You're <laughs> All right. So, what is your favorite genre of music that Umphreys plays? Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for funky dance parties. I mean, I mm-hmm. that's, I I enjoy dancing, and uh, I they do it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just give me that and, and I'm I'm a pig in mud yeah <laughs> I'm the same way I feel the same way I mean it comes out of it can come out of any song and uh, you know certain songs more likely but uh, yeah it's and now they've even got whole songs that are just kind of like day nurse night nurse I'd love those and Mm-hmm. The whole song is just kind of a jazzy, funky groove that can only gets dirtier. Mm-hmm. They start improving, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. That's my favorite genre. Nice. Uh, what would be your dream sit-in? What do you mean, like a, a guest? Yeah, yeah. I think every time Josh Redman is with them there's a different electricity in the air and mm-hmm. I, I, I am kicking myself that I, I haven't seen 
him yet. Uh, I think there was a Madison show a couple years ago where they did a, a set of improv uh, mm-hmm. that I, you know, was trying to figure out a way to make that work. And uh, as a parent, mm-hmm. that doesn't always work, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think what he adds is super cool because he's, you know, now he knows their music so well and what they do and where uh-huh. he can go off and he and Jake just have a their own dynamic. Yeah. It was really cool when I saw they did those um, the shows when Jake was sick last year. Yeah, and then they had uh, Redmond play with them. We just happened to um, have tickets for one of those shows, and then, you know, at the last minute, he wound up not being able to be there. And it was interesting. Like, I've not seen Humphreys pre-Jake, so it was definitely a different sound, of course. That was different. Um, Certainly missed him you know there would be spots where you're like waiting for it and he's not there but you know having Redman there and you're right it is a different energy it's it's just I I do I, I like when he plays with them too and even Coffin like any sort of you know horns with them I really I really think I that that brings their sound out a lot Yep, the the Mad Dogs Filthy Secret. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw Coffin play with them. Um, I don't know which New Year's it was, but um, yeah. he just played with them. It was 2016 in Chicago because we were there. I think. I'm pretty uh, sure. Well, he didn't play on the 29th. Maybe did he play the 30th? Uh, I think. He did play the 30th. We were there all three nights. I don't remember offhand. You were there the 29th. Yeah, I was. The the Kimball night. Yeah, I was there. Cool. I know, I know you're talking about it. I'm just sitting there, just smiling. I'm just, I'm just standing there. My husband were right up on the rail Bayless side that night. They're right up there. Yeah, we were there all three nights. We took all of our kids and my mom drove from Buffalo to Chicago just a van full of people (laughs) yeah it was pretty crazy but we were there all three days we took Chicago by storm it was awesome where did you stay we stayed at the best western we stay in Wrigleyville okay every time we're in Chicago we stay right in Wrigleyville nice so I like that uh, neighborhood. I, I like that area. You know, I, I, I don't think I closed the uh, the loop on Uncle Chuck, um, whether he enjoyed that night. Oh, yeah, no. Through every show, it blew his mind. Of course it did. <laughs> uh, can't, can't wait to go again. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, oh, but back to, so you saw that those, you know, I, I consider those very unique shows with, the, was it a four-night run in the Northeast without Jake? I think it was four nights, yeah. Because, yeah, that that whole sound was a throwback to, uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. 2000, which is 
swap out a drummer. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I mean, that's, I guess, the stuff that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, yeah, that's why I was really glad that we went. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and I know, like, for me, especially, like, since those shows, like, obviously, you know, everybody listening knows how amazing Jake is. But not having him there, you know, like, then, you know, they would play... Um, what am I thinking of? I can't even think of that right now. Um, but, you know, they would... Surprise, they play some of the songs that they did that feature a heavy Jake presence, or, like, 1348. Uh-huh. Redmond kind of took the Jake solo. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh, it was Upward. That's what I'm thinking of when they played. And, and you know, that, like, that middle section of it, when Jake just comes out full yeah. force. And I remember, like, standing there, and, you know, when you've been to a ton of shows and you know this music, you, there's certain parts that you know are coming. And then, you know, you're just like standing there, you're waiting for it, and then it's not there and you miss it, but then Redmond comes in and, you know, st- still brings it. And Bayless really stepped up, too, in those in those shows. And that was really nice, too, was to see everybody else, you know, really come together and and make it happen still. And, and in no way... The sound... Right, and in no way, like, if that was your first show, you still wouldn't have left disappointed. Like, you, it, it was still, it was still amazing. Like, it was still really great, and it was an awesome opportunity to see, you know, a sneak peek of what it was like, you know, for people like me that didn't... Well, and, and everybody that, yeah, everybody that would go, you key in on different things, as you say, but then everybody's kind of a first-time, you know, a first show seeing them in that element and uh you didn't know what was going to happen that's just yeah i thought it was just a very unique like that'd be a fun box set for them to release in mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and the place that we saw them too is like this little tiny club that somebody bought this building in rochester in like the industrial part of town and converted this into like a place to have live music. And it was seriously probably the size of my living room. It was so tiny in there. And then to see them in that capacity, it really felt like a throwback, you know? And it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely really, really cool. I'm glad that it, obviously not that Jake was sick, was sick, of course, that was not cool at all, but that it lucked out that it just happened to be you know our shows so it was it was very cool experience there's your check your expectations at the door and they will still uh deliver yeah oh absolutely um so what is one song that you're chasing um i don't know (laughs) i i i honestly i don't i don't know i i don't I don't think about it like that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some songs that I, like newer material that I haven't seen mm-hmm. in that show, but I, I honestly don't have a song that I'm like carrying around on a, on a 
torture aside to come on and play this. Please play um, this for me with your rage stick. Yeah. Um, I, I do not have an answer for that. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Um, I'd, I'd have to look up like my stats. I don't know. Your show stats. Yeah. I I'm still waiting for a roulette. That is that is my one song that I really want to hear. It's at the top of my list for summer camp, so I'm hoping. Yeah, that's a pretty one. That's, that's a pretty one. Hopefully. Um, Again, guys, if you're listening, yeah, that, please. No, there, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, like, there's a handful of old material that just gets phased out and, and, and is so rarely played these days that it's a testament to how much new material they're just piling on. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, they can't fit them all into a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about all these amazing tweets that you put out, your facts and your stats and your things. I love reading them. I'm <laughs> blown away by some of the stuff you come out with. And some of the times I'm thinking, these are things that I would say, but everyone around me would think that I'm the biggest nerd ever. So it's nice to to read them and know that I'm not the only one. So please tell me, like, your thought process. Like, how, how do you know all these things? How does this go down? I'd like to know more. First of all, uh, nerd knows nerd, and I appreciate the backhanded compliment. Uh, <laughs> um, that I am a, a music nerd, and, and I would embrace that. Um, you should. I, uh, I, I do. I do. It, 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 honestly, it tickles me that there are other people that enjoy it, and, and you know, they engage with me and, and reply, and, and uh, you know, I, I have certainly met friends that I would call friends now through Twitter, through this, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's really. Um, just, I'm I'm grateful that people like it and and find it. I don't know useful or I, just take something from it. It's uh, um, I, I appreciate that. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I just I wanted to know like. How do you keep all those things in there? Like, is there a, a, a process where you look at a set list and you research it, or are these just things yeah. that you know, or stuff like that? Um, I'd say there's a few different ways that I go about thinking it, thinking of things. Mm -hmm. um, there's kind of a, a category of... Um, you know, I'll, not every day, but you know, if I have a few spare minutes, I'll I'll look through, um, you know, on on the All Things Humphreys homepage, what happened in this day. You know, uh, click on the the different set lists from years past. If something jumps out, like a a fun debut or. Uh, I don't know, something that grabs me, then I will uh, I'll try to uh, pass that information along. Um, I'd say there's a category 
of ideas that that are generated when they're like if they're going to a summer camp or something like I'll try to do some research on um, you know how many summer camp shows there have been or, or you know different cities that they're going for a run um, so that may kind of lead to its own little wormhole mm-hmm. um, then I just I don't know maybe falling asleep at night and just have a random thought or you know walking around listening to uh, music and you know a certain song will trigger a an idea and then mm-hmm. I'll just kind of go off on my own uh, wormhole on that a lot of wormholes are that's done. okay <laughs> <laughs> lots of wormholes and, uh, yeah, and, you know, I guess I'm trying to find, I'm not trying to regurgitate just information. I'm trying to, if something can be uh, put a little perspective or, or put into context, um, mm-hmm. that is, I, I guess, it starts the, if I find it interesting and, and then I'm always um, happy if other people find it interesting um and then you know there's been a number of times where um you know joel or 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 ryan or 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 kevin browning or or budney have responded and engaged and and you know filled in uh some color uh to you know what i've uh put out there and have either provided a, uh, you know, an anecdote from that show or, you know, the process that goes into a certain song, like that's, uh, certainly, an, uh, was not an intended, uh, idea when I started it to mm-hmm. try and get the band to, uh, you know, pull back the curtain a little on, uh, on their craft, but, uh, the fact that they're willing to do that is, is really cool and uh, you know if they're willing to do it once then let's see what else we can uh, um, get them to, to share uh, I think it's really rewarding for, for the community to, to if that you know thing kind of interests you then there's more to that you can learn uh-huh. uh, so that's been a certainly a a really unexpected twist to uh, you know my creative outlet <laughs> yeah so why did you why did you start doing this why did you start tweeting these sort of facts and things um you know I I follow fish and uh, there's a couple guys on uh, that are big in the fish scene um Scott Bernstein and Scott Marks, who I think Scott Bernstein is like an editor with Jambase, and mm-hmm. Scott Marks is involved with the Fishnet, so he's you know filling out these facts for fish, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I I guess I you know I follow them on Twitter and and you know enjoyed for the most part what they put out there. And was thinking, 
you know, I, I think something like this, I wish Humphreys had something like this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information that, you know, I wonder about, and I, I, it'd be cool if somebody could tell me that. So, I don't know, one day I thought, well, I guess I could tell people that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had just started law school at the time and uh, had a little, uh, you know, as a study break, uh, it became something that just, you know, the more I tugged on the thread, the more uh, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the more other people started enjoying it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned that about the, the guys that did the fish stuff, because when I was talking to my best friend about this interview and I was describing, like, you know, why I chose to interview you and stuff, that's exactly the example I used, because her husband is big into fish. And I'm like, you know, like those guys that know all this stuff about fish and like when the song was played and how many times they did it and this and this. And they're like, yeah, that's this guy, but for Umphreys. And she's like, wow, that's really yeah, well, cool. I, <laughs> I want to be careful. I am not on their level and they have <laughs> some institutional knowledge. Like, I feel like I, you know, I'm well versed in fish and they... Uh-huh no fish inside and out and mm-hmm. um I, well that's how i feel with you and umphreys i i am like very well versed in umphreys but then i read your stuff and i'm like damn <laughs> i do have to look up a lot of that stuff i uh, <laughs> there's some stuff that jumps out to me like hmm this seems like there's something here like i could read a set list from a given year and you know, either know like that was rare song, like they usually didn't play that then, or I, I don't know. There's some certain stuff that I now know. Um, you know, I, I I guess I understand the uh, the patterns and trends of there uh, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am not equating myself to uh, the Scots. <laughs> You'll get there, though. For for us uh, geeks. (laughs) Well, I do. I greatly appreciate your knowledge. And I did before I started this podcast, and I was just scrolling through the Twitter feed. But now, um, you know, especially with the podcast, I'm very grateful for, you know, everything that you contribute to this and it's it's nice to have you as a as a partner so i appreciate you a lot well um seriously that 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 truly means a lot to me um (laughs) i know i didn't give you any information for tonight um but i have something if i can share it yeah absolutely this this is like a a breaking Humphreys facts scroll on your uh on your podcast however that happens very cool. Um, I was listening to so this idea came, I think I was listening to a bridgeless in some, I don't know what bridgeless, but I had the thought, I wonder how many times, uh, you know, these days, recently, um, bridgeless is broken up mm-hmm. or it, we get a standalone version. And, uh, and so I thought, well, there's other songs that are 
you know, get broken up, kind of bookend a set or a show. And so I, I looked at eight different songs over the last three years to figure out, you know, which, which song has, is least likely for a standalone version. And so there's four vintage year songs, uh, all in time to junk, nothing too fancy and DBK. Mm-hmm. Which of those four do you think is least frequently uh, played as a standalone? Least hmm, as a standalone. What were the first two again? All in time to junk, nothing too fancy, DBK. Mm. I'm going to say DBK. That is uh, the third least. Really? Standalone. Good job. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was surprised. I guess I thought that all in time just it gets broken up all the time now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only uh, 40% of the time it's a uh, standalone. Uh, really? DBK is uh, 17%, so half that. Um, only So three years, this is four times out of 24 versions in the last three years. And uh, Nothing Too Fancy is four times out of 30 uh, versions. Wow. So if they start Nothing Too Fancy, they are most likely not going to finish a standalone version of that. Wow. Uh, and then there's four modern songs, uh, Puppet String, 1348, Bridgeless, and Mantis, which is which do you think is the most least likely for a standalone? Hmm. This is hard. This one is hard. Hmm. Ah. I'm going to... I'm going to say Mantis, but I feel like it's wrong. Probably really good podcast material. (laughs) Um, Ridgeless which is uh, 14% of the time. So five standalone bridge lists in uh, 30 out of 37. Which is one of my favorite songs. I love that song. Yeah. I have those lyrics tattooed on my back. Do you really? Yeah, the, my whole back from shoulder to shoulder says you'll be reminded of why you're here. And then it has my kids' handprints and their names on it. That's my whole back. Wow. Yeah. I just love that line. And then it pisses me off sometimes when he changes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he likes to do that. So I'm always like when we're at a show and he's singing it, I'm like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And then when he sings the right lyrics, I get all excited. <laughs> just my nerdiness coming out. <laughs> exactly. Well, you just indulged my nerdiness. So, uh, yeah, we're scratching each other's backs. <laughs> All right. Um, let me see. I think I have like two more questions for you. If you could go back to any time and relive any moment in Humphrey's history, when would it be? I think I would go with Miro's last show. Okay. New Year's 2002 at the Vic. Nice. Where they covered side B of Abbey Road. Yes. And Chris came on stage for the first time, 
So it was a, you know, passing of the torch moment. And I just, I got to imagine the energy in that room would have been incredible. Just mm-hmm. sending Miro out on such a high. Um, I, I, he was, I always locked in on, he just had such a, uh, there was such a attractive quality to him and he had just a great energy to him. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he was, he, he operated on a different level and it was, he was awesome to watch and, and how he got the crowd engaged and just being able to uh, lose my voice shouting for him would have been cool to see. Yeah. That's very cool. I unfortunately never got to see Meryl play and that's definitely, I don't know what exact moment I would pick off the top of my head, but I would definitely like to see Miro play because I never, never got to experience that. So I mean, I, I, there, I'm sure there's better shows in the Miro era, mm-hmm. um, but just that night would have been just the, the roof coming off the Vic. I got to do the the, the, the year, and he mm-hmm. came on and swapped out with Chris for a, a show and or for a song, and that was a great run. But um, yeah, I, I think he was. Uh, special special person special musician mm-hmm. yeah. and and i mean it's it's so obvious even now after his passing like what an influence in lasting impression that he made in the music and in their lives and you know everything so that's i think that's just kind of what anybody wants in their life is to have that lasting impression so very cool. Pretty strong legacy. That he, yeah. Uh, yeah. That he uh, absolutely and, and uh, has a uh, impacted a lot of people. Yeah. Awesome. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about or cover? I can't think of anything. No. Um, you, those were very good questions, Sarah, and, and uh, I. I enjoyed talking to you. That was fun. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking time out to come on and chat. How we doing, Barrington? Smoke. I was short 
of opinions and I wanted to know if you'd still be here tomorrow. It's cold in the kitchen and the lights are low. It's winter wrapped around Chicago.
stumble home Yeah, it felt different and started the show As every breath resembled smoke I showed up opinions and I wanted to know If you'd still be here tomorrow In the kitchen and the lights were low as winter wrapped around Chicago. The TV's on too much, and I don't ever think enough about the things that matter most or what could make me old. And there's no argument for wasting time, much better spent complacently replacing a melody with Center from the Moses, and though the same ones offered to everybody else, I mean, what could you blame me for? The truth is, I was just being representative of myself, and, and so if I always manage to show up just a little late, and then no matter how hard I tried, I never seem to make the bus on time. But it's it's all too hard, it seems, maybe, but just a little too much. In the end, here I must confess that we've yet to ever offer our best. going to detention and, and yet I've always done everything that's been asked of me I never questioned if it was right I was simply going along with some kind of preset price and, and so if I made my challenge you know that's when you labeled me you know you never thought about the implications of all your words on top of my dedication and, and so this slacker fumbles through another day but the way you measure things all depends on whether or not you're working for another man's ends
do the right thing, but in the end, my result was just a little split off center from the most. And though the same was offered to everybody else, I mean, what could you blame me for? Truth is, I was just being representative of myself. And so if I always manage to show up just a little late, and no matter how hard I try, I never seem to make it there on time, but it's, it's all too hard. It's but just a little too much And here I'm speaking fast yeah, I've got to ever offer my best
fought or not, I was on the side. But who can stand when she's in the man? Hurts me then bland. Oh no, go dance on the floor and around. So take my strong advice. Just remember to always think twice. at me. I show my photo, my baby cried, his eyes look like mine. Oh no. Go dance on the floor and around. <laughs> People always told me, be careful what you do. Don't go around breaking them girls' hearts. <laughs> but then he gave me to that body, and I can smell your sweet perfume. I guess I haven't was assumed when I crawl into the room. good time? You look like you're having a good time. Or I'm Freeze McGee. It's great to be here. I'm actually from seven minutes down the road myself. From high school. Oh, boo, boo. But uh, it's great to be back here.
Thanks, everybody. I can't remember the last time we played around this, this many basketball hoops. Yeah, 
John, not much to say. I said to the man, are you trying to tempt me? Because I come from the land of the
right, thanks. We're going to take a very short break, and our own personal DJ poser is going to bring you home for a little bit.